Hello. Welcome to the Daily Cron for Friday, June 7th, 2019. I'm Stephen Tolton, and WWDC has come to an end. Boy, what a week it has been. Just every day, another mind-blowing uh, thing coming out of the conference. A framework, or or update to iOS, or iPad OS, or the Mac Pro. Just uh, amazing. Or as a... a Marcus Brownlee put it, what is it, the the world's most densely packed keynote? <laughs> He's done multiple videos uh, just about stuff from the keynote. And uh, I, I got to say, if you've been following along, you know that I've been most interested in certain things throughout the week, SwiftUI, Combine, um, diffing, data sources, those kinds of things. But there's just so much in the conference. I'm going to be going through these videos for at least the next month. I've already started reviewing some of the videos I've already seen, like especially on on Combine and on SwiftUI. But today, it's Friday. It's been a long week. I don't want to have a really long episode or anything, but I thought as a wrap-up, I could point you to some resources that I found really valuable this week. So first off, I'm going to, of course, put a link in the show notes to the WWDC videos uh, list. You can also access it from the app if you have it on uh, on Apple TV or on your iOS device. But I'm going to link to the website so you can see the videos. They're not all posted yet, but many of them have already been, so you can check them out. Also, a resource that I have been finding extremely valuable all week long was WWDC by Sundell, which is kind of a, a one-off website that was daily coverage of WWDC by John Sundell, who uh, created the... Swift by Sundell website, which uh, may be uh, you know known to you. It's pretty well known in the community. It's a, as a Swift development blog. Anyway, it's a cool, cool guy. I've never met him myself, but his uh, his content is always great. And I especially like this particular website. It has lots of little articles every day about uh, different stuff that happened in the week, and uh, you know things and some interviews in here some photos in here, just basically highlights from the week. And now that it's over, he's posted some final wrap-up stuff in here, including his list of seven essential WWDC session videos. So I definitely want to check that out because I actually agree with everything he had in here. And some of these I haven't actually seen yet. So I'm going to have to uh, check it out. One of the things that was announced at the keynote that I didn't spend too much time on during the week so far was iPad OS and all of the changes in there. But I saw a video today by uh, Marcus Brownlee, um, MKBHD, and that was like a nice little overview of a lot of the changes uh, and his opinion on of those changes that happened on, you know, in iPad OS, or basically it's iOS 13 rebranded. But anyway, the changes they made that really apply to the iPad Pro have made me uh, all week long kind of go back into the Apple Store app on my iPhone and just start pricing out an iPad Pro in different configurations because uh, I have an ancient iPad Air, uh, I and the iOS 13 is not going to run on it, so it's pretty much completely end of life for me. So I'm going to need to invest in a new iPad if I want to, you know, have one. So uh, that video, I'll link to that as well in the show notes because I, I think it's it was almost lost in the news this week, at least for those of us immersed in the developer side. But man, the changes they're making to the iPad 
uh, and iPadOS are truly bringing that system up to a level where I really do think if it wasn't already able to be your primary computing device, I definitely think it can be for a lot of people now. Of course, not everybody. I mean, as a developer, I'm still going to need a laptop, but uh, I've, I've, I've actual people in my life in my mind now, and I'm thinking, wow, you know, an, an iPad OS device would probably be a better fit for most of their situations. And then the added bonus of having, you know, that, that integrated cloud, like iCloud, cloud storage in there, automatic backups in there, the ease of replacement and, co- and, and getting your, and getting back on your feet in case of like business continuity issues. Like if you're, cause I know some, uh, independent, uh, you know, business owners, um, the ability to integrate it with their iPhone easily, uh, and do stuff they're already used to doing all the time on their phones. Like, I really feel like there's a lot of people that are not super technically savvy that aren't engineers or computer programmers or something that may really need a computer, but they are doing a lot of stuff on their phones right now including videos and photos, uh, you know, some word processing, emails, web apps, all the kind of stuff. And I really think an iPad Pro could uh, could definitely be a great fit for a lot of these people. And frankly, the price is a little high. However, when you compare it to like a new MacBook, it's not really. It's it's not really, especially if, if you you know, consider the so- the software, if you assume the software is easier for them to use and the benefits of the automatic backup and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I, I really think this iPad OS update this fall we're gonna is going to be a transition point. I think that's kind of the thing about this whole week, that this is one of those pivotal uh, uh, transition points uh, you know, uh, from one one era to another era here. On the developer side, we are obviously transitioning into a new era of declarative programming uh, on the platform. We have the declarative uh, user interface uh, uh, f- uh, framework, you know, Swift UI. We have Combine, which is like you know declarative uh, system for val- for values over time. We have um, we have like these diffing data sources, a lot of stuff built on top of the uh, of the Combine framework. Uh, it, it's it's definitely looking like, while not officially, at s- some point in the not too distant future, UIKit and AppKit are going to be deprecated, and it's as some people have said on Twitter, it's kind of like the end of the next era, you know, next computer coming into Apple, and then being the uh, foundation for, and all this technology being the foundation for OS X, which is now Mac OS, which spawned iOS, which spawned. Watch OS and Apple TV, TV OS, and now iPad OS. Yeah, it feels like kind of those technologies are finally not yet, but are you can see the beginnings of them being supplanted by a whole new paradigm, and that's very exciting. Then on the consumer side, iPad OS, so the updates to iOS 13 and you know on on iPad Pros especially are making that whole platform feel like a, a finally like a, a a co-equal platform with Mac almost depending on your needs of course but it really does feel like a parallel platform now and not just like a toy that sometimes it felt like I, I've always thought that an iPad can be used to do a lot of work but now I feel like 
there's just not as many little uh, uh, holes in there. There's no there's no big deal breakers anymore on the platform. Uh, if you're not doing like software development or like some kind of engineering thing, uh, so I think that's great. And the hardware has become amazing as well. So yeah, this this felt like probably the most um, important, most consequential. I'll say it's one of the most consequential WWCs in at least five years, at least since Swift was announced. And I think that was about five years ago. So, just wow. It, it's it's been truly an amazing week. I'm still digesting it, but it's gotten it's gotten me real excited again to work on this platform to build some stuff to try out these these tools. the The one issue I have this summer though is that uh, I, I still don't have like a, a development environment set up with 10.15. I really wish these tools and like Xcode 11 was fully featured on um Mac OS 10.14 but you know it's a minor minor quibble. I, I'm hoping that they that I think next month is when the public betas of these things are going to come out at least iOS and I'm hoping Mac as well because when the public betas come out then the software should probably be stable enough to start using for real. But we'll see. Um because I don't want to wait till the fall to actually do some development. And uh uh, every every other way I have to do it is just a little less than ideal, but I'll make do because I really want to play around with these tools. Uh, so if you've been also following along with WWC, I hope you you have had a good time. Uh, I don't want to belabor this episode anymore. So if you're a developer, you know what what was the the what were the biggest takeaways for you? I mean, for me. And I think most developers, Swift UI combined comes up on the list. Um, I think iPad OS for me personally, you know, because, uh, you know, I think that's a really big deal in making the platform much closer to parity with Mac OS for a lot of common use cases. Um, I think that Swift 5.1 actually just itself, like the property wrapper stuff that is the camp multiple times in the conference. That is actually very cool. Once I saw it enough times, I finally started to understand what they were doing with it, and I was like, "Wow, that's that's pretty pretty nifty." And uh, I would say for me also personally that Swift itself now is something that I understand. Like I understand why it exists now. I understand the benefits of Swift now because we have these we have these Swift only frameworks. Before that, everything was in for me like more difficult to deal with in Swift. Because it was essentially uh, a language interfacing with stuff built on Objective C, and it's like, why don't you just use Objective C, <laughs> you know? But now the the true reason for Swift's existence, the power of Swift, and all of the that work being done with the compiler and the language syntax changes and and all that stuff over the last several years, it's finally coming to fruition, and I am full speed ahead on Swift now, full speed ahead, and no more like wishy-washiness i am all in on swift now i think because you know you have to be if you want to use some of these frameworks but they've they've proven at least theoretically because we've only we haven't really used this to build apps yet but they've demonstrated anyway in wwc this year the true power of having this new language um that you know because they finally built really cool stuff on top of it that you could not have done with the uh, previous technologies so yeah, it's just been such an exciting year, and 
Uh, we are going to have in Philly Coca a bit of a roundtable discussion about some of this stuff. We're working on our list of topics for this. But if you're in the Philly area and you're interested in you know any of this stuff in uh, iOS development, Mac development, um, especially now that iOS developers can bring their iPad apps to the Mac, uh, should definitely consider coming to our next uh, meeting, our Philly Coca Heads meeting at Indy Hall, which is going to be next week. Thursday at to 6.30. If you go to phillycoca.org, you can find all the information there and RSVP to the meeting. Uh, if you're a developer, I would love to hear what your top takeaways were from this year as well. You can get a hold of me on Twitter at Stolton, S2LTON. You can go to the podcast website, dailycronpodcast.com. You can have, there's a contact form there, social media links, full archive of the shows, including all the other WWC episodes from this week. So you can check them out. And, of course, uh, the show notes for today with some links to resources. So that is going to be it for this Daily Cron for Friday, June 7th. Hope you had a great week and you have a stupendous weekend. And I will see you next week. Later.